Hi, I'm Mercedes. I'm an entrepreneur and director at Inc. And I'm Vera, a clinical psychologist and chief people officer at Abstracta. And this is The Everything Else, a podcast about soft skills for a meaningful life. This episode is sponsored by Abstracta. That's nice. Thanks. <laughs> so what's Abstracta? Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. Check out their website at abstracta.us. Hello and welcome to our summer edition of The Everything Else. I'm Mercedes and I'm over here with my wonderful co-host, Vera. Welcome, Vera, to the summer edition. Thank you. It's great to be here. And, well, we were supposed to take a break till March, but we decided to come back just for this episode and the bonus track, right? Yep. Because we've talked so much about 2020, mm -hmm. 2021, 365 days, you know, closing a year, how much of that continues or not. Sometimes it's hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah. Blur's day. Of course. Blur's year. Blur's All right. Well, I'm going to start. Um, I'm going to get straight to it, right? While vacations and holidays are really necessary and wonderful and we look forward to them the whole year, they have their quota of frustration, right? Sometimes holidays are hard, aren't they? You might be thinking on the other side, oh, I thought it was just me, but no. Paradoxical as it may seem, going on holidays sometimes has nasty side effects and it's a pretty common feeling. Maybe you found yourself thinking about this and we have got your back. So this is what we, we're going to be talking about today. This is the one about why vacations can be so damn stressful. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just to clarify, we're going to be talking about holidays in general, but the truth is it's summer over here in the Southern Hemisphere and life has cycles and years can be divided into these according to seasons, right? Every season has its characteristics mm. and they affect our mood. Yeah, summertime and the living is easy. Or well, so they say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly. So sun exposure does have its effects because it's deeply connected to our well-being. You know, there is something that is called SAD, SAD. It's the Seasonal Affective Disorder. It exists? Yes, it does. And we all have it to some degree, yeah. right? Especially if you're living in countries with tough winters. Oof, indeed. And it also has a lot to do with our doses of vitamin D, which is not really a vitamin, because we are all biological beings after all, remember? Yeah, we forget that sometimes. Yeah. Because So warm weathers bring up many feelings also. Our bodies are not as tense due to the cold anymore. Our bodies seem, can be seen more. Uh, they are more pleasantly exposed to the elements, you could say. I remember that first t-shirt day or that first sandal oh, yeah. day. It's like so liberating and sometimes you even feel too exposed. Yeah, you're especially a with the naked. Sandal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that first summer day though. Toes out, sun in your skin, right? I can't get enough of it. All right, so let's dive into the holiday part. Let's start with the good stuff. Why are holidays good for us and why is being out there so relevant? All right, so... Just if I have to give just one aspect, I would focus on nature. Mm. Yeah, well, contact with nature is one of my favorite things about summer and about holidays in general, right? Yeah, because we live at least in some degree our indoor cave, you know. Uh, 
more at least than in other seasons. We Adventure. go out more and more. We are more exposed to the sun because of this vitamin D that we were saying. But we're exposed to nature in general. Yeah, we go to the beach if we can, right? You lay on the grass. We look to cook and eat outdoors. I spend hours just staring out at the horizon, the endlessness of nature, right? The sea, the sunset, the stars at night. I'm yep, a huge definitely. fan. Definitely. And it feels so good already just talking about it. Yeah. I find that it's so much needed, especially after a year where we were also exposed to screens so much time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not just work was there. It was entertainment. It was bonding. Yeah, it seemed like time. so much was going through technology. Mm. So I find, especially this year, I found that going back to nature is oh so necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is not just because, right? Let's take an example, our eyes. So much of our information that we receive is visual, right? Now, we are becoming so used to this overexcitement of super HD that we miss out the real high definition that we've got out there when we look oh, out. Oh, yeah, definitely. And this has lots of implications, I think, because our brains start to lose the ability to be amazed and in awe by things that are not just as bright as super HD. Yeah, yeah. And with it, we risk missing this jaw-dropping feeling, you know, when we are in awe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wow. Now, exactly. This ability that to feel awe, to be amazed, is like gratitude. Many times it's something we need to master, to train. Mm. In a way, like a photographer who learns how to observe, how to frame what he or she sees. And you know, many times we say we go to places where there is nothing <laughs> in reference to places where we're surrounded by nature. And man, we're using these words all wrong, right? Because there's so much going on in nature. Definitely. And it's like there are these moments where we pass by and it's like we don't see it. It might be because we don't focus on it, like because we're caught up in other things, or it can be because we ignore it, because we don't know what we're looking at. Yeah. Again, like photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... I like that you mentioned awe, because I um, I, I read about this and I, I, I thought it was really interesting. Um, because this feeling of being amazed, right, of having our breath taken, is a huge promoter of happiness and well-being. And apparently, nature is the biggest awe trigger. Um, there were studies uh, by psychologists at the University of California at Berkeley that showed um, that the feeling of awe during a nature experience has a singular ability to lower stress and improve overall well-being. And you know, the research suggests, interestingly enough, that we don't need to climb a mountain or spend the night in a desert to get the healing it's, power exactly, of awe. It's not so extreme. No, it's the simplest moment outside and that's all that it takes. I, I can vouch for this. I don't know about you. Oh, definitely. It's, you know, like the Japanese forest bathing thing. Mm. Uh, this, the simple things, yeah. looking at the sea, feeling the breeze, touching the elements, grass, sand. It seems not as much, but it is a lot. Yeah. All right. So holidays then as this time to do other things, right? And of course, this is not just summer, right? But during summer days, as they are longer, weather is more benign. So we have no excuses. Mm -hmm. Once you start confirming all the benefits this brings... I know you will look to do more of this, even in other seasons. Yeah, and you know, we got a little carried away with the nature thing here because, well, we like it. But yeah. it's not just nature, right? Give me a couple more benefits of holidays real quick, just to remind people before we jump into the ugly. <laughs> yeah, okay. So free time for creativity, for rethinking ourselves 
for connecting with ourselves and our loved ones, to reconnect with what we like about ourselves, you know? Mm. Sometimes to unplug yourself from the hive mind, to allow ourselves some flow time with whatever it is that yeah. you enjoy Hobby. or are interested in. Mm -hmm. Time to do something different, to have time. Yeah, yeah, just to have time, right? <laughs> Resting, sleeping, recovering. Yeah. I mean... These are all the more obvious ones, the ones we fantasize when we're thinking about holidays, <laughs> drooling over. Yeah. And yet we spend all that time fantasizing about our holidays. And when we're there, uh -huh. right, at least the first few days, we get that sort of uncomfortable feeling, you know, that itch that something's <laughs> not right. Yes, it can be tough getting into that vacation mode, right? <laughs> so let's dive into it. Why are vacations sometimes so hard to do? What's your take on this, Vera? All right, the main reason I feel is the feeling of void, void the emptiness. Right. You know, okay. the etymology of the word comes from the Latin vacare, leave empty. Okay. So empty of what? Yeah, yeah. In this case of work, but the same applies when you're studying intensely, like for finals. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to focus on work because, like it or not, work plays a huge role in our lives. And yet, there is so much more to our lives than our careers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, though we know this, in practice, work plays a central role because in, it plays a function of organizing our days and because of that, our lives. Yeah, and that's why we were all feeling like it was Groundhog Day during lockdown, right? That that blurs day feeling. Always doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah. So when we go on vacation and suddenly there's no work, there's this void, this emptiness. And let's not kid ourselves. This emptiness freaks us out <laughs> a little. <laughs> so we need to let that void sink in, give it some time, you know. Sometimes it feels like rehab. Yeah, definitely. Some people have a tough time with this. Others make a million plans, which... <laughs> <clears throat> it's kind of like a reaction and feeling it again, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, as you know, we live in such hectic times. This business of talking about... That yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah, about last business. minute. The hyper-connectedness, the rushing around all day. Even kids are under a lot of stress. Yeah, and we can't forget that we're also biological beings, like you said, right? And stress triggers this fight or flight response in your body, like it's under attack, right? So, all right, imagine the situation. Play this movie out in your head. You went for a run, you're running, and you spot some dogs in the distance that start barking at you. And you run a little faster, the dogs continue to run after you, and as you push yourself a little faster, you realize, oh my god, it's not just some dogs, it's a pack of wild, rabid dogs. So now you're desperate, scared shitless, and you continue to run, 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 and you run as fast as you possibly can. Out of breath, falling over your own feet, you're scared for your life, you see your house, you turn the corner, you keep running, you can basically feel the dogs breathing down your neck, right? You think you're gonna die, but you reach your door, you open it, and you close it. Whew, close call, but you're safe now. Now imagine that situation, the state that you're in, and that's your brain on holiday. <laughs> Abruptly cut, cut from stress, right? So in that situation I just said, Is it realistic that you would get home after that and go to bed directly at that point and expect to fall asleep? Ah, no. No. <laughs> you physically can't. Yeah. Because as you were saying this story, it was like, oh no, that's not how I feel <gasps> at work. Yeah. But that's the biological aspect of stress. Yeah. Because that was 
that's what it was for, right? Yeah. So you need to give yourself a moment. When you're under stress, your body has all these physiological reactions you were describing. Yeah. We need to get your brain off that panic mode. Exactly. And so many times going on holidays implies going from overcoming that fight or flee response you were talking about yeah. to facing what is left. The void. <laughs> and what happens when we're not filling our days with work? So oh, that gap can be a bit too much. Yeah. The void. Um, tell me more about the void, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the difficulties are not only the physical abrupt responses like in your story. Yeah. It also suddenly is dealing with yourself yeah. and your surroundings. Okay. And once the void of work sinks in, you suddenly see yourself outside of the hustle and bustle and wonder, who am I who outside am of I? work? Yeah. What do I like to do? What is left of me? Mm. This forces us to see ourselves under a different light, take a closer look. And sometimes when you look at yourself like that, you don't like what you see. <laughs> you might look around, maybe at your spouse or your kids and come up against the fact that you don't like where you are in life or what happened with your relationships with those close to you. Yeah, like who is that boring guy that I have nothing to talk about with? This is right? not based on true stories. <laughs> What is up with those annoying kids that follow me around? Disclaimer, <laughs> this is not based on true stories. How did I end up here, right? Exactly. And maybe there's nobody there for you and you have a tough time with that too. Yeah. Whatever the story is for you, mm -hmm. this void pushes us into introspection. And it's not always pretty. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. And it implies tough conversations that are worth having to work on them. Yeah. And this also reminds me of how unrealistic sometimes our expectations of holidays are, right? Because none of what we're mentioning is what we fantasize about when we think about holidays, right? Yeah, this happens a lot with many topics. Yeah. But with relaxation, it's easier said than done. Yeah, and it sounds stupid, but there is so much pressure to relax there also, is. right? There On is. top of everything else. And I think it creates anxiety, right? I think we've all found ourselves telling, right, relax, stupid, relax. <laughs> well, maybe in a kinder <laughs> way, but yeah. So expectations in general, right? We've been sold an idea of what holidays are and what relaxing is. And how can we manage all these expectations? Again, this, again, this is a whole topic unto itself. But yeah. We live in a time where we put so much focus on enjoyment. It's mm. like an obligation to be happy all the time. Yeah. And this is completely unrealistic. Yeah. Managing expectations in a healthy way is like managing anything. What is key here is setting realistic expectations. When you assume some things is true, like to everybody, the best thing in life is this picture perfect image of holidays at the beach, everyone laughing, perfect weather, holding hands, children hugging to you constantly. Yeah, or party every night, perfect weather, looking great in that bikini you bought. <laughs> exactly, the picture changes. <laughs> but what oh doesn't change is that it's picture perfect. Yeah. And this is why it's called picture perfect, because it happens in pictures. These are moments. Yeah. And sometimes these pictures are heavy on the filters, right? Yeah. To make you look great or taken from a certain angle, right? Pictures are not reality. Yeah. So this resonates a lot with us also because we're, in const we're constantly exposed to all these pictures or versions of these pictures of other people through social media. And this is important to remind ourselves that life is not what goes on on pictures. 
Not for me, not for any of the other people. Mm. And we have so many mess. And this is our not pictures, right? This can be pictures and images, but it's also what people tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stories, <laughs> right? The narrative. Yeah, that we're yeah the about. narrative that we're listening. So what we have are so many messages that are in the opposite direction that there's something worth reminding ourselves of. Partners, families, jobs, kids, holidays, whatever, yeah. they are not perfect. Mm. Those are ideas. Yeah, yeah. So allow me to bring up Plato's theory Ooh, of form or ideas. Greek of the week! Yes. And what a Greek. <laughs> Just as everything in this world, Plato explained, everything is an imperfect form or representation of its perfect idea. So let's be wise and assume we don't ever, ever like All of it. Okay. Not all the time we're having together is ideal. I find that real challenge here is accepting these imperfections of the world and enjoying even when these things, there are things that you don't like. Yeah. That's like true love, right? It's very, very profound. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> But it's true. But it's really hard not to feel this anxiety to some extent, right? Because we're bombarded with these ideas. And also because of the scarcity of free time, even the money issue. Like Oof. this day cost me 150 bucks or I've been saving all year for these 10 days and I won't have holidays again until next year, right? Oof. This has to be great. It better live up to the expectation. Oof. Nah, so uh, hard to deal yeah, with this. And you end up putting so much pressure and everything that you're bound to be disappointed. And 100% sometimes, likely. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's not just the disappointment. There's also a kind of what is it is it guilt i'd say it feels very much like it related to not doing anything or not being productive or taking too much time or not being the perfect parent not having your house neat and tidy or letting your kids watch too much tv right give me a fucking break <laughs> <laughs> it, i get I, tired just saying it I, i agree with you it feels a lot like guilt We are biological beings, we mentioned it, but also we are psycho-emotional beings. You're going to have to elaborate on that one. <laughs> What is that? Well, much of these feelings are triggered by our social context. And though the social expectations change, it might change from one culture to the other. Like, it means to be the perfect parent yeah. in one culture and in the other it's different. It be different yeah. Or even from a family to the other mm. or through different moments in history. And I'm not saying centuries here. I'm saying decades. Yeah, like, sure, from one generation of... to the next. Yeah, yeah, what we're yeah. expecting to be mm. is different. Yes. What we are expected to be and what we want to comply with. Yeah. So these ideas change. Our friend Plato would say that behind this unreliable word of appearances, like what happens, yeah. is a world of permanent reliability, like the ideas. Right. But ideas do change. They change. Like yeah. the expectations, the ideals arise from a social historical context. Mm -hmm. So the checklist, let's call it, mm -hmm. changes. And the one thing that holds true is that humans, we believe in this checklist. Yeah, we assume yeah, them yeah. as natural, as yeah. permanent, these ideas, yeah. as Plato said. Family, check, work, check. Truths. Plato, what he tells us is that we assume these are truth, eternal truths, mm -hmm. and they are not. Yeah. So in these ideals, right, we want our psyche believes in this and makes us want to comply with this. Yeah. And when we don't, we feel guilt. And of course, some can be particularly demanding, demanding. with ourselves. Yeah. And this makes enjoyment quite difficult, this yeah. constant feeling of guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I hope it was clear I, here. I think so. I think it's very okay. clear. Um, we mentioned the void as something uncomfortable, right, in our holidays. But there, there are other things that also affect our holidays. Uh, think about what happens before you actually take a few days off, right? The preparation for leaving. Oof, leaving everything ready to go on holiday sometimes seems like so much stress. It's ridiculous. Yeah, like preparing for vacation is like preparing for death, right? It's like you're <laughs> never going to come back. But oh my God, get over yourself, right? You're not that important. And neither is your job. And you're coming back in 10 days. <laughs> yeah, it's like this stress cycle. Prepping for holidays, anxiety, forcing ourselves to relax, then the feeling of anxious anxiety about not being able to yeah. relax and then the anxiety of all you have to do afterwards yeah we're <laughs> we're doing great at enjoying <laughs> the stress of the return right it seems like we pay a really high price for taking some days off in the end yeah you come back your inbox is exploding yeah, yeah. you know i see many people that they want to avoid this at all costs and yeah. for example they go and check their emails anyways during their holidays to yeah. avoid those 300 unread emails when yeah, they yeah, when come, come back, back. But you know, we can all help avoid this by not sending those emails in the first place if you know someone is out of office yeah. in a team or scheduling the message to arrive when the person gets back. Yeah, you get it off your, your mind, but also you don't make this appear on the person's inbox. But is that a possibility, though? Are you listening, Google? <laughs> Hold on to those emails if there's a programmed out of the office, please. Right? And send them when they get back. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's... That's a, a great idea. A, I think it's a great idea. And I think you should patent it. Uh, all right, Google. Um, so, the stress of the return because of all the work, but there's also vacation blues, right? Like that depression of returning. And I, I think vacation blues are like Monday blues, but on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> to many, uh, it might be some sort, some form of gloom, gloom, actually. Yeah. This, of course, is very personal, but I think mainly it depends a lot with your personal situation. I'd say that it's a great thermometer, though, of how much enduring, enjoyable and mad time you're yeah. having oh, in yeah. your life. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. don't know what these concepts are, go to our first yeah, episode. Yeah, go back to the first season. <laughs> Because these, beyond these 10, 20, 30 days, you know, name it, what you're taking off holidays, what happens on your everyday life. Yeah, so if you're having a particularly tough time coming back to work, you've got to look into that and possibly make some changes, right? I'm sorry, guys. It's all about those tough conversations with yourself. So, But aside from the prepping and coming back, what, what else ruins your vacation? What about your phone, for example? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, I read a phrase somewhere that said that your phone is like an invisible cord to the habits that you're trying to break on holiday, right? So taking it along is like bringing a large part of your routine with you and your work with you. And your fear of missing out. Yeah. And all the same conversations and your social media, it's more of the same. You yeah. know, Art Markman, a researcher from University of Texas, said that something memorable requires two things. The first is engagement, the energy you put into it. Right. And the second is distinctiveness. That means something out of the ordinary. Mm. A great example is that the reason why you can't remember what you had for lunch is because lunch is lunch. It's you something do you it do every, every day. day. Exactly. I love that description. So when you're 4,000 miles away from home on a beach in the middle of nowhere, but checking your Instagram, you might as well be back at home. Right. Mm -hmm. In that same line, a study conducted by the University of Texas found, get this, that working on your trip 
for just one hour a day can make you 43% more likely to have trouble remembering your vacation, as in memorable moments, right? You know you took a vacation, but you don't really know what you did. I'd go even further than that, you know? Don't you find that holidays were longer or even more effective when you didn't know what happened with oh, others? Yeah, yeah. And you actually caught up. Yeah, you had like, to catch up. Where you up actually people. had to catch up afterwards with people or even with the news. Yeah. Show the pictures to somebody. I miss some of that, I must say. Does that make us old? Well, definitely. <laughs> now, this is harder to get nowadays. You travel somewhere, and if you still use your social media, your IMing, you're, you will get more news from where you come from, and not so much from where you are. Yeah, it's that invisible cord to your routine, right? Pulling you away from your holidays. That hijacking that we're always talking about. Still, uh, it's a hard balance because it does have lots of advantages, technology. So this is our one of the dilemmas of our times. Yeah, 21st century problems. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's all the bad, all right? But the good news is that there are some hacks, right? Being aware of these situations and taking action in order to avoid these feelings is a possibility, right? So should we hand out some tips? Yes. So let's start with the before going on holiday part. Work on the art of asynchrony. Before going on holidays, delegate, report, make agreements with others. We've spoken about this before, right? Finding a system to help you delegate better in the future. And then find tools to help you organize yourself for when you come back. Yeah, be kind to your future self. Hmm. And most importantly, remember, you're coming back in a few days. It's Yeah. Not the end of the world. And you know, I feel that leaders have to pave the way in this also. Leadership for meaningful lives in general. But in this case, giving out the signal that it's okay to be on vacation. Yeah. And it's important and good for you. So as a leader, you have to help people prep and help others to disconnect. I, I have to admit here that I have to make an, an effort in this area, but I've come to realize that my own inability to disconnect totally or to always be available, right? I'm sure other entrepreneurs can relate to this. At some point, this constant availability affects others' ability to disconnect. And this is definitely work in progress for me and for my partner at Inc. For, as leaders. Definitely. And this has a lot to do with making a healthy work environment. Work environment okay, yes. so next tip for the relaxation part. Yeah, the hurry up and relax, you idiot part. Exactly. <laughs> While you're not on holiday, you can practice letting go. Disconnecting on a daily basis so that it's not unrealistic to disconnect on holiday. Manage, practice your own work anxiety, what to do with yeah, your own work with. anxiety. Put an end to your day so that transitioning from the stress of work to an enjoyable moment doesn't seem so unrealistic. Mindfulness or similar practices could come in handy here. Yeah. And when you're on vacation, keep your phone in check. If you can't disconnect from it completely, at least limit its use to avoid using it compulsively to fill that void, right? At least save it for a, per a particular time of day, for example. You can practice this outside of holiday time too. It's definitely like rehab and it takes some getting used to. All right, what else can we do to take the pressure off my holidays? Manage expectations, like we said before. All right. Work on that, but also something a little easier, so you don't say we are too demanding. Okay. Consider taking mini vacations along the year. Why do we only take vacations once a year, using up all of our free time? Yeah, yeah. Spread them out along the year, like a little more. And by this, I don't mean just taking a day off. 
Work on doing something special. Remember to make it more memorable and do some things that are out of the ordinary, not necessarily eccentric. Yeah, you don't have to go bungee jumping to make it memorable, right? Remember the disconnection from routine and the intention that, that the intention, you mentioned. The engagement. Before. Yeah. Okay, and last but not least, coming back to work. Well, you mentioned being kind of the future, being kind to your future self yeah. when prepping, right? So that's the one way to make the landing less bumpy. Yeah, you can also avoid the post-holiday depression by taking a vacation buffer on the way back, right? Don't come back last minute. Give yourself time to slowly ease into your routine, go back home, enjoy it for a day, get yourself organized. I'm a huge fan of this. I think it's a part of acceptance that you're anxious and being okay with it instead. And in general, it's just good practice to rethink how we work, how we live life. Don't fall into this trap, people. She's just going to send you all to therapy. <laughs> well, we have one life and in general, feeling useful and with purpose alleviates our existential void. You know? right. Okay, so we're not working just for the money, right? What's the purpose and what does it make you, what does it do to make you feel good, right? And what changes can you make in that sense? Exactly. The answer is not to become as rich as possible just so you can stop working because your job goes beyond that. Yeah. And it can mean so much more than that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm constantly amazed at our ability to make even holidays <laughs> existential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. But all right, that's us. And that's why you're listening. So thank you. I think we could wrap this up right here. What do you think? Yep. That's a good idea. And for those of you with kids thinking, well, yes, this is all good, but I'm dealing with all this existential shit. And at the same time, my kids are at home on freaking holiday. Do you want to tell them about our bonus track? Well, we're going to be diving right into that topic. Holidays and parenting. Ooh. That wonderful combo. So if you have kids, listen up. If you don't have kids, listen up and then tell your friends with kids about it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for sharing this moment with the everything else. And we can't wait for the next episode. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. If you liked what you heard, please share it and follow so that more people find us. We are the Everything Else Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts from.